Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. A very special edition of a pod of their own. Um, we have we are recording this on Wednesday night, November thirteenth, right before we are set to hear the um, announcement for the NL Cy Young Award. So I have my friend Linda Surovich here. Hi, Linda. Hey, Alison. Unfortunately, Maggie couldn't be with us tonight, so it's just the two of us, but we will be live reacting to the announcement, which will be coming in just a few minutes. Uh, so this is episode 31, everyone, of a pot of their own. It's kind of like a a live <laughs> a live reaction to hopefully Jacob deGrom winning the Cy Young. Um, it's like our Mike Piazza episode. It is. It's our Mike Piazza episode. And it's for and, Jacob deGrom. <laughs> and it comes on the heels of the um of the news that Mike Piazza is going to be managing the Italian national baseball team. Did you see that? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like it's a it's an opportune time to have the Mike Piazza episode and it's a good um occasion to have it. 
um, for hopefully what will be a celebratory pod for um, Jacob deGrom. So I may be more nervous than he is. <laughs> I know. Like, are you nervous right now? I'm kind of nervous. I am. I just love Jake so much. <laughs> I know. Like, even last year, I was nervous. And, like, that was a slam dunk. So I know. Like, like this year, it's a little less so. Do you think... Like what I mean, I guess we kind of did this last time with Bradford, but now that we're like minutes away, like what is your percent sureness of? I I was 80 percent with Bradford and I still want to say I'm 80 percent now, but I don't know. I'm nervous. Yeah, it's kind of like it's like, yeah. He's definitely going to win. And then the closer you get, you're like, I don't know. Maybe now it's 70%. (laughs) Now it's 20%. I don't know. Now it's 20%. It's like, and the Cy Young Award winner is 10%. (laughs) (laughs) I would also like, what a ride. Like, remember earlier in the year when we were all like, dying because he gave up a home run to Mitch Garver (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah I I mean to be fair Mitch Garver hit over 30 home runs did he not yes he did like he did and then we never let him live that down because we were just so mad like who's Mitch yeah he had 31 home runs in 2019 in total which is crazy I mean evidence that the ball is juiced which more on that to come in future pods um but yeah so yeah we were all like dying like a live podcasting like I think Jake gave up like six runs or something that podcast and we were just all like so upset and yeah remember when we thought Jake might be broken uh that was a brief terrible scary time that thankfully is over now yeah yeah so what a wild ride (laughs) going from crying over Mitch Garver to hitting a home run to now waiting to see if he's the Cy Young (laughs) yep and we are we have just returned from commercial break this is scintillating radio I'm imagining all of you guys here with us in our living rooms watching this live but yeah we have just returned from commercial break and we are now moments away from the Cy Young Award announcement they're showing all the highlights Jake's yeah, I'm just, out a bunch oh, of that woman, that woman yelling. I love her. I remember her. that. Yeah, that was a better day. We all loved her because <laughs> she had such big New York energy. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, how confident are you? And showing like Ryu has the edge in ERA, Jake has the edge in strikeouts, and Scherzer has the edge in K per nine. Hey, yeah, but the, Jake also has the edge of the inning, box pit, the innings innings pitch. pitch for Jake. I was going to say, highlight the inning pitched. <laughs> oh my god. I'm, I'm, I'm like literally shaking. I'm right like now. so nervous right now. I just love Jake so much. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> All but one vote, you guys! <laughs> He won, he did it! Uh, Somebody voted for Ryu. (laughs) My dad just came in the room and is high-fiving me. (laughs) Hi, Mr. McKay! (laughs) Live pod! My dad made his... My my dad just made his a pod of their own debut silently, came in the room, high-fived me, and left. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, someone voted for Ryu, which is fair. I can agree with that more than I can agree with the Soroka vote. Yeah. Oh, his wife. Oh. No, no bring the kids. I want to see Just wandering around in the background. 
<laughs> no, like she was chasing after the children. Like she just was like, "What's happening? Oh, I'm on camera. Goodbye." <laughs> With that poor woman, though, remember they had to delay their honeymoon for his rookie of the year announcement. Yes. <laughs> so she's put up with a lot uh, yeah I wonder what like life event is on hold for this now <laughs> I know and then she was pregnant with their first child during the playoffs oh my god that would send me straight into labor <laughs> imagine if she had morning sickness on top of that oh just be I mean I felt nauseous I know I was gonna say during the entire NLDS game five I was gonna oh, be I sick oh I was close to vomiting I, I, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't First okay. Mets pitcher to win consecutive Cy Young Awards. That's our ace. Oh, he's so smiley. Oh, I love him. Not even Tom Seaver did that. Not even Tom oh. Seaver did that. He still has to catch Tom. Tom got three. Three size. Can do you yeah. think what do you think the odds of like we put our odds at like eighty percent of him winning this and he just did. What do you think the odds are that Jake wins another Cy Young? Not necessarily next year, not necessarily like a three peat, just one more Cy Young in his career. I know. I've been thinking about this a lot. Like he seems to have the stuff to be able to carry it, even if his stuff diminishes because he's just so smart and he like Bartolo. Like Yeah. His control is just what makes him elite. Um, so, I mean, I would like to see him get another one. <laughs> yeah, would be great, wouldn't it? Because then you kind of can't deny that he was one of the best pitchers of his generation. Yeah, yeah. And, like, so I think, you know, Kershaw has that right now, and Scherzer, obviously. And, but So I think if he wins another one, there's no denying that. Yeah, and I think, like... Obviously, like, a bunch of other stuff would have to happen, too. But if he won a third Cy Young, like, that really bolsters his Hall of Fame chances. I know. I was reading an article today about how there's very few who've won two who aren't in the Hall of Fame. And one is um, Lincecum, Mm -hmm. who hasn't even been up for a vote yet. Right. And I think two are still active. So it's very rare that somebody who's won two isn't in. Oh, and one is Roger Clemens, obviously. Yeah. Oh, sorry if, if you're picking up on our phone ringing in the background. See, I have to relocate our podcast <laughs> outfit to downstairs when the when the TV where the TV it's is, important. so I can live pod. But as a result, I'm in a room with a with a landline phone now. <laughs> living in living living with boomers everyone landline is phones. it jacob Degrom calling <laughs> i hope it's jacob Degrom calling hello i just won a cy young award second straight <laughs> oh are the kids there what bring out the kids bring out the kids bring oh, out the, the kids oh, oh no there's parents there's the parents <laughs> so we want the kids we want the babies. Bring out the babies. I need to see them. Yes, I want to see the babies. Show me Jackson. Yes. Oh, come on. Yes, there he is. Oh, he oh my goodness. Is he actually happy? No. No, he's unhappy. He does no. not want to be on that camera right now, like, at all. Oh, my God. Look at the babies. Jackson is so hard to impress, and I am here for it. I know. I love Jackson's, like a big mood like two Cy Youngs if really that's it like I could be watching Paul Patrol right now dad really (laughs) (laughs) 
the other guy the the other team that's not yours had baby shark so yeah like uh am i supposed to think you're cool yeah max scherzer has baby shark so i think he's cooler than you did i don't know I don't know, yeah, like, can I just go back to doing what I was doing, like, my trucks are calling? <laughs> Low-key, though, so now we've had, obviously, we've had two Mets take-home hardware this week, which is pretty legit. Um, we haven't even talked about Pete Alonzo yet on this no, pod, we have. <laughs> which Pete Alonzo won Rookie of the Year, everyone, in case yeah. you missed that. Which was um, a big, big shock. Shocker. And he was also one vote away from being unanimous. So that's kind uh, of annoying. Both of our yeah. guys, one vote away from being unanimous. But whatever. And Jake was one vote away last year. I know. I know. I know. Kind of annoying, right? Kind of starting to feel like a conspiracy. But you know what? It doesn't matter. In the end, like, no one really remembers that Jake wasn't unanimous last year. And, like, who cares? But still. But, yeah, yeah two Mets. We've got a rookie of the year, and we've got a second straight Cy Young. Life's pretty good, man. I mean, yeah, congratulations to our boys. I'm so happy. Like, I am too. They I deserve like, it. I feel like it's some sort of like, it's poetic that like Jake was, you know, just a few years ago was in the same shoes that Pete is in now, and now he's on his second straight Cy Young at the same time that Pete is winning rookie of the year. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That is really cool. And what was it, five years apart? Yeah, I think, like, yeah. Because Jake's. Oh, have you seen the pictures? Like, they've been showing, like, Jake winning rookie beer. He looks like such a baby. I know. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus, are we all. With the really long old? hair. I was like, why did I ever like that look? I was like, does that make me old now, I guess? Like, to think about how Jake looks like a baby in 2014. What's Pete going to look like in five years? Because, like, Pete's Pete. We don't think he looks young now. Yeah, right? <laughs> that was, like, a knock against him. Because he was kind of, like, he was kind of older for a rookie. Obviously, he's super young still. Like, he, he's just, you know, compared to, like, Fernando Tatis Jr., he's, like, a little bit older. But, like, of course, like, all the, like, Pete detractors were, like, this 31-year-old rookie wins rookie of the year because Pete doesn't look, like, super young. Which is weird. <laughs> but whatever. Haters going to hate I'm so pumped for our boys. And like, I think, I think low key, the best part about it is that like both of them were just like immediately ready to just like take all the credit off themselves and like, be like, I want to thank my teammates and like, oh, I'm so honored to like, like be in the same like conversation as these two other guys who are nominated. Like that's, you know, like that's how it should be. Yeah. And I remember even last year, like, Jake kind of went out of his way to thank his teammates because so much had been made of them, like, continually failing him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he kind of, like, was like, no. Um, and I think he even said the same thing just now, too. Um, then he's trying to kind of, like, put that aside. Like, it's not their fault. They were trying. It's right. not like they wanted to lose games and not score runs. Exactly. And I thought it was cool how, like... And, I mean, we kind of had this conversation on the pod when we talked about Noah Syndergaard and Wilson Ramos and that sort of controversy, which, like, again, like, I'm actually on Syndergaard's side here. Like, I have no Mm -hmm. problem with him voicing those concerns. But I think it's cool that Jake, you know, went out of his way to say, like, I, like, I like throwing to Ramos. Like, he, you know, he was great. And, like, to, to support his teammate, you know, and he... Like, he gave him credit for, you know, calling the games and, 
you know, it gets, it just goes to show that like Jake is Jake is another level from everybody else. Like he's unfazed by like, you know, everybody was like, oh, he needs his personal catcher. He needs Devin Mesoraco. No, he didn't. He won a Cy Young award again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like I think Tim Healy, I'm pretty sure it was Tim Healy um, who tweeted that, that I think it was quite a few of his last starts. It was, he said, unprompted every time Jacob DeGrom brought up Wilson Ramos. Like, yeah. nobody asked, hey, like, to like, kind of twist the knife. Like, he's the one that brought it up. So I think it was also him trying to take more of a leadership role, too. Like, saying, like, no, there's no issues here. We're all good. Um, and also, you know, also to stick up for Ramos, because that couldn't have been easy for him, that too. Like, the focus is always on Syndergaard, but that couldn't have been easy on Ramos either, that right. they're basically saying he can't do his job. Right. And he was a professional throughout the whole thing. He never said anything, like, about Syndergaard or, you know, about, like, no. about the situation, which was the right way to handle it, you know. And apparently the Mets are going into... Uh, you know, 2020 with Wilson Ramos as the, as the starting catcher again. They say they're looking at backups. We're dreaming big here. Martin Maldonado, come on down, etc. <laughs> but, you know, um, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I'm just, oh, God. Jacob deGrom is, like, there's just no words. Like, we are so lucky to get to watch him pitch, like, I, I remember like telling my I remember talking to my dad about this and being like, "Is this what it was like to watch Seaver?" Or to watch I Biden? asked my dad the same thing, and he said, "Yeah." <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, like like Jake's about as close as you can get. He's a generational pitcher. Like we haven't had a pitcher like him since Gooden, and I think pretty damn soon he's gonna surpass Dwight Gooden even in Mets lore. I mean, I think Bradford I think said that might- last week." Yeah, I think he might have already good and only won one. Yeah, I think that this might be like kind of the moment where he did kind of yeah. surpass Gooden as far as like, and I mean, you know, Gooden was, I mean, and I'm not trying to like equate Gooden to Harvey because Gooden was obviously much better than Matt Harvey, but like it, he was similar in the sense that he was like a brief star that shone across the sky sort of situation. Yeah. Um, where where Matt Harvey like was like that too, but even briefer. Um, but yeah, I just feel like Jake is more like a Tom Seaver because he's like, he's a cornerstone of the franchise and they have him for, you know, imagine if they didn't sign him. Oh, I remember that was a pod too, where we were like so upset in the beginning of the year because he gave them the deadline and they weren't doing it. And we're like, they're not going to get it done. (laughs) And something happened where he said, I'm like, not, not negotiating anymore or something. Yeah. Yeah. And we're we're like, well, this is it. Like if you can't get it done now with his former agent is the GM. Yeah. Right. Remember when, some people like were against the extension remember that? <laughs> like what, what's wrong with you <laughs> i'm sorry that's all i can do is just do an evil laugh yeah like i like i do not care if like we get nothing else out of nope. jacob de Grandpa here on out worth it already worth, worth it like it. Like, and people say that about, like, you know, because obviously David Wright got hurt and his career was worth it. cut short. And so people say that about the David Wright contract. Like, ooh. And well, now they're still it. pissed because they're like, oh, they're still paying him. Blah, blah, blah. That's not David Wright's fault. That's the Wilpons' fault. Right. And I don't so care. don't take it out on David. Again, I do exactly. not care that David Wright is still under contract. He's worth every penny. To have, mm-hmm. to have a franchise player like that 
and now like you know i just feel like it 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 brings into extremely sharp focus that we now have in in jake and pete kind of the david wright successors the cornerstone franchise successors and again it's poetic that those franchise cornerstones will now be led by a previous franchise cornerstone yeah but you know i said this recently that it kind of bothers me now in hindsight that they didn't bring pete up at the end of september last year because now him and david wright were never teammates i was like even for one day they could have been been cool yeah but would he have been (laughs) If they had brought him up, I guess would he still have been rookie eligible like this season? If, if I guess they... it depends. If he might have been because Judge came up the year before and he still was I'm right. Gonna... Right. I guess it would have they... depended on how many games he got into. That's the only thing because like yeah. he obviously wouldn't have won rookie of the year if he had played like half a season and then played. Yeah, but as a September call up, I think it would have been fine. Yeah, yeah probably would have been fine if he was. So that would then I was like, oh no, falling down that rabbit hole. I'm like, what if he hit his first career home run with David on base? Or like, or yeah, or like on David Wright's last game. That would have been cool. But you know, maybe that game wouldn't have gone 14 innings or however long it was if Pete had been in line. Right, but you know what? (laughs) It's still cool. It's awesome. We've got a rookie of the year. I was just saying it was. Yeah, and it was cool also, like, almost a year to the day that David left in tears that it was Pete crying on the field. Yeah. I had never never really actually thought about that, but yeah. Yeah. And they were crying for different reasons. Like, it was like, you know, a renewal, kind of. like like one thing in a beginning. Yeah. Now I'm going to make myself cry. Yeah, goddamn. (laughs) Like I was yeah. saying this earlier today, and not to get too in my feelings on the pod, not to get too on my too in my feelings on the main here, but <laughs> there's no crying in podcasting. No crying in podcasting. But I was saying this kind of earlier, and I made a tweet about this that, like, you know, and we'll get into some of this in the second half of the show. Some of the crappy stuff. This first half's a very happy half, but then, yes, you know, we're we all have, very happy. We have bullshit to talk about, obviously, because when do we not have bullshit to talk about? But like, you know. All this, all the bullshit in baseball that gives me reason to be cynical, like has been piling up lately and piling up lately. And I feel like it's just, it's sucking a lot of the joy out of my fandom. And that makes me really, really sad. And it's just like, it's just such a goddamn bummer. Like how many like scumbags are in this game we love. And I was just feeling like really bummed about that in particular this morning. But then I said, like someone replied to me and I replied to them and said, but you know what, like, Jacob deGrom is going to win the Cy Young Award tonight and I'm going to cry and it's just going to pull me right back in again. Like, you know, like, I'm a sucker. Like, I'm never, like, it's just proof that I, like, no matter how, like, crappy all this other stuff gets, like, I'm never going to stop loving this game because I'm never going to stop getting joy out of moments like this. Well, and also, like, you know, I was annoyed during the the postseason I didn't watch because I was like, there's no... There's no heroes. There's only villains. But now I have my heroes again. I have exactly. Pete. I have Jake. And now it's all <laughs> like they're here to save me from the doldrums. And yeah, the, like, please the crap. Pete and Jake at all costs. Like, yes. please, like, let them never be canceled because I might just, like, die. <laughs> oh, no. Pete tweeted, congrats to the best pitcher in the game. Ah. 
It's unreal playing behind Jake. That killer mentality he takes on the mound every start is infectious, and he's so deserving of this prestigious award. Pete. Gonna cry, no crying in podcasting. I know. And also, just like, you know, since Jake was the last one to win Rookie of the Year, there's kind of a nice symmetry there, too, between the two of them. Yeah. And definitely. It's also kind of weird how they won it was so different um i know pitcher and hitter you can't really you know compare but jake was just this unheralded prospect that we i think we talked about this with bradford they're like yeah put him in the bullpen oh wait oh crap we need a spot starter all right just throw him out there against the yankees see what happens like he he did this kind of like out of nowhere it wasn't really expected and but pete came up with all these expectations and yeah both I still them. think he exceeded any expectations. Yes, he definitely did. I was expecting like, maybe 30 home runs. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's not like, I mean, like, Pete was, Pete was definitely, like, a top prospect. And he was certainly, like, the top prospect in, like, the Mets organization. Yeah. But it's not like he was, like, Mike Trout or anything no, like that coming up. No. You know, or, like, a Bryce Harper. Like, he was not, like, a number one overall pick or anything like that. He was still, like, rel- like there were, there were open questions about whether Pete could do this at the big big league level like mm-hmm. whether he could handle off speed pitching for example like you know there like the raw power obviously like everyone knew he had like 80 grade raw power everyone knew it it's just a question mm-hmm. of whether he could translate that to games and whether he you know would be vulnerable to like the like off speed pitch inside and stuff like that but it turns out that or and obviously the questions about his defense and things like that but it turned out that he exceeded any and all expectations and it's been amazing to watch and yeah I hope that you know it's it and it obviously like this like this only like having two Mets take home hardware this week only underscores what we've been saying over and over that the Mets have such a strong like core and reason to be optimistic moving forward but like they just refuse to supplement that core properly and that's what's yeah. like the most frustrating thing about rooting for this team is right now is like there's so many reasons to get excited about this team like we just had a rookie of the year and a Cy Young <laughs> in the same freaking week and that's not even taking into account the fact that we have like Jeff McNeil and Michael Conforto and Noah Syndergaard and like you know other Nimmo. Really good, and Nimmo and other really good players on this team that are really fun and really good <laughs> My mans, <laughs> JD Davis, Marcus Stroman, like oh Stroman, I love Stroman the, so much. The Mets are fun, and they have good freaking players. Two of them just won awards. Like, can we? Like, are the Mets the only team that have two award winners? Oh, the Astros. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess Cole or Verlander well, Cole and has it. Verlander are both nominated, so they're not both gonna win. Yeah, well, but then they had. But then um, they had Jordan Jordana. Alvarez. That's yeah. true. But they made the freaking World Series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but okay, we were so. also kind of arguing about this on pizza the other day, and um, I don't know if you saw that or in Slack. I'm sorry, I called it by <laughs> our term, but our Slack um, channel's name is Pizza. Everyone. Pizza. <laughs> um, how we were because Chris McShane said. Um, you know, it's kind of remarkable that the Mets never did anything beyond 2006 with Wright, Reyes, Beltran, and Delgado. Like, you've got to try really hard to screw that up. Yeah, right. And so now they have kind of like a similar thing where you have another core of like Pete, McNeil, um, Conforto, and Jake. 
And I don't know who's better of that group, but I guess, I mean, Beltran's probably a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Right is right. I mean, it's, so maybe, it's hard to compare those two teams because yeah. 2006 was a way better hitting team, but they didn't have the pitching, really. No. Um, they had a pretty good bullpen, I mean, up until, like, everyone hurt Until like, they did. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially Dwaner Sanchez. That was like the killer. Um, we won't talk about that. No, 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 no. Taxi accidents. Um, no, no, no. That never happened. Never happened. Um, but like the 2015 and now teams have, you know, like uh, it's not that they don't have hitters. Like obviously Pete Alonso is one rookie. The <laughs> they, but they have, they're more strong in pitching. You yeah. Know? Cause outside of like, Basically, I mean, obviously Nimmo had kind of a lost year, so it's hard to, you know, talk about him. But, like, outside of Pete and Jeff Jeff McNeil, they basically did not have, and Michael Conforto kind of to a certain extent, they did not have major, like, RBI run producers on this team the way that the 2006 right, team had yeah. right Beltran, Beltran and Delgado all right. I think they all had over 100 RBIs, didn't they? Right, yes. I think they did. That was, was that's like, insane. Like the, the like the 2019 Mets are not capable of that. Like Pete is the only like RBI true RBI machine on the Mets right now. Yeah, because I guess McNeil's gonna be more of your top of the order. Yeah, kind he's of like crap. a one-two hitter, and so is Nimmo, and those are like two of the best hitters on the team besides Pete. And then you have like Conforto, who's like a th- like a three-ish hitter, but like he doesn't he doesn't put up the RBI numbers that like Pete does or that Beltran or Delgado did. Well, well, Conforto said career highs and I'm pretty sure it was RBIs this year. Definitely yeah, home did. runs. Yeah, so I still he had think he 30 home shoulder- runs for the first time. Yeah, so yeah. I don't so- think his shoulder was fully healthy in the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, he looked fantastic after the All-Star break. Yeah, and I mean, Conforto could easily like break out and have like a monster year. I wouldn't put it past him. He's talented enough. No, especially with Nimmo, hopefully a healthy Nimmo all year. Ahmed Rosario took huge steps forward. For sure. So, yeah, so. I mean, the 2006 core was a better hitting, hitting team, and the yeah. current core is a better pitching team. It's just how it is. I mean, unless at least Corey Oswalt or Chris Flexen is our kid. Uh, yeah, let's not talk about that. Okay. <laughs> we'll, talk about how the Mets... young. we'll talk about how the Mets are like probably not signing. Although they, they there's rumors that they're interested in multi year deal deal for Zach Wheeler, but um I mean that's not the worst thing in the world if they bring Wheeler back. No, I it's not. It's it. certainly not. It's actually better no. than I expected if that's what mm-hmm. <laughs> Um but yeah, in a in a future Mets segment pod we will get into, you know, Mets off-season plans or slash lack thereof, it seems right now. Um, their unwillingness seemingly to go over the competitive balance, balance tax threshold, etc. cetera, uh, on a future pod. Um, but for now, we're just really happy that Pete and Jake took home their respective hardware. Couldn't be more thrilled. Um, we yeah. love our boys. It's great. This is great. I'm happy. Congratulations again. I'm very happy. Yay, Pete and Jake. Um, So we will now take a short break. um, And when we return, we will touch briefly on um, some additional stories that have happened in the realm of bad baseball bullshit, I suppose we'll call it. So stay tuned for that. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back. Um, so basically, since we last recorded with Bradford, a couple of additional things have occurred in the, you know, everything is terrible arena of things. Um, the first um, was a, you know, kind of bombshell piece came out from The Athletic um, citing evidence um, that the Astros have been, well, only they only have evidence for 2017 specifically. So obviously the Astros were accused of stealing signs during the current playoffs, but there's no like actual hard evidence for that right now. Um, but there is evidence in the form of, you know, Mike Fires basically saying it and <laughs> anonymous players also saying it, um, that they stole signs in 2017 using an installed camera system in Minute Maid Park. So basically they had cameras installed in center field. They like looked at the signs and then they had like a video board set up in like the hallway to the clubhouse um, between the like dugout and the clubhouse. They had like a video board set up and then they would like bang trash cans basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when like off speed pitches were coming, they would bang trash cans. And people have since, since the article came out, people have like posted old video from like from Astros games at, at Minute Maid Park where you can like distinctly hear it even on the broadcast that they're banging. Well, this year, the Yankees did say they heard whistling, so they've upgraded to banging to whistling. Yeah, the Yankees say that they um, heard heard whistling, which of which there is no, like, hard corroboration of that. And, like, to be fair, like, the Astros, like, and I mean, I guess this is, like, I guess this comes down to how you land on this personally, but for me... The Astros, like, standing at second base and stealing signs and relaying that via whistling, I have no actual ethical problem with that. No, like, I don't either. That's just gamesmanship. Like I was going to say, that's been happening since baseball was played, probably. Like, you're always going to try to get an edge. And, like, baseball's hard. So anything to make it easier for yourself, why not? Right. Like, like, and everybody's doing that. Like, they just showed a bunch of highlights of Jacob deGrom's, like, slider. How the hell does one <laughs> hit that? Like you don't, you, you don't. don't. But if you know it's coming, you might. <laughs> like that's the no, only you way won't. you can hit a Jacob Degrom slider. So like, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe lay off of it. I don't know. <laughs> but the real issue that the article you know raises is the use of you know technology and electronics, which the Red Sox have previously been punished for doing essentially the same thing. They had iPads. They were using like iPads or like Apple Watches or something or both. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it was the Apple Watch. Yeah, they were using like 
you know, technology to steal signs. And that is where, you know, I think a lot of people, including me, would cross the line as far as what's considered cheating. Like, to me, yeah, that's that to me, Yeah, that to me isn't getting an edge. That's flat out cheating. That's cheating. Like, you're cheating. Um, so the Astros cheated is essentially the summary of it. Um, and shock the Astros. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, at, like all the bullshit that like has been going on with the Astros lately like of course it's them in the spotlight again and their fans will say like I saw a lot of like Astros fans on Twitter today being like oh like they have it out for the Astros now it's like well first of all your organization hasn't done anything to warrant the benefit of the doubt so Mm -hmm. like of course they do um like you're not like face it you're like bad guys now so you either have to like lean in or like I don't know what to tell you. Like, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt, first of all. Second of all, the article did make it very clear that this is a widespread phenomenon and it's not specific to the Astros. It's just that this is the team that got caught. Yep. Along with I the think they mentioned the Brewers, I think, may have been another one. Yeah. And, and I can't Astros remember. who were, like, talking in the article, like, including Mike Fires, like, Mike Fires said, like, this is widespread. This isn't just the Astros. It's just that, like, I played for the Astros. I warned other teams about it. And you know what? Good for him. Good yeah. for him. I was really, like, I was really impressed with Mike Fires because that takes a lot of courage. Because not only is he going to face blowback from, you know, like, fans, but he's going to face blowback from players, too. Yep. For outing this. Um and you know what that takes a lot of courage and we've said on so many iterations of the pod before about other issues about far more serious issues than sign stealing like about domestic violence about like all sorts of things in baseball like this this will not change until the players change the culture until the players do their part to change the culture because until these things are unacceptable in a clubhouse they're going to keep happening like, until well, a player he, who commits domestic violence is not accepted in his clubhouse, it's gonna they're going to keep bringing them in. Until mm-hmm. cheating is unacceptable in a clubhouse, it's going to keep happening. So, it's, like, it, this is what it takes for their peers to speak out. And so, Mike Fires, you know, good on you, bro. I was going to say, and if he knew it, everybody else knew it. Sure. Like, so, like, even... Um, somebody pointed out, I mean, it's Chris Flexen, take it with a grain of salt. (laughs) Um, I I think it was George Springer hitting a home run off of him after a bang. Like, obviously it was a a hanging slider, but somebody pointed out, I don't know who the Mets catcher was in 2017, (laughs) but Uh, they said the way he might've been, was that era? Was it Darno? Oh no, it was Darno. It was a Mezzarocco. Was it Mez? No, Mezzarocco was 28. No, Mezzarocco was last year. <laughs> My oh, brain. So was, yeah. I'm, I'm just, let's just say Renee Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> like, it could have been Tomas Nito again. It could have been. That's true. I think it was Darno for part of the year, at least. Yeah. Uh, it's Plus, so bad that we already don't remember. I know. Okay, 2017, that's Astros. But anyway, um, they said the way he was, somebody pointed it out because they had frozen it. And the way he had angled himself, like he must know, because he was desperately trying to hide the the signs he was putting down. Like it wasn't the way a normal catcher sets up. And I was like, so if the Mets kind of knew that this was going on, I'm sure other teams who regularly play the Astros must have picked up on something. Right. 
Uh, let's see. I'm like Darno. Yeah, it was more. Darno. It was Darno and Pueki both. Oh, what was they? Yeah. Okay. So and Renee maybe Rivera was... did play did play that year too. So it was oh. it was Darno, Pueki, and Rivera all had games for the Mets that year. Okay, so I'm not sure which one it was, I mean, but it was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> they wear a mask. It's hard to tell which one of them it is. <laughs> I know, especially on a fuzzy screenshot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah, it was one of them. So it was like, yeah, he must have, maybe he heard the banging and was like, uh, what? And then started trying to hide the signs. So yeah, like I said, if they picked up on it, other teams had to have, and nobody said anything until now. Right. And, you know, like, I just, I don't, you know, and people, you know, the Astros fans again will say, like, this is widespread. This isn't an Astros specific thing. Sure. But A, your team took it like too far and got caught so you deserve to be punished Mm -hmm. for being dumb enough to get caught and doing the bad thing and second of all like just because all these other people are doing bad things doesn't mean the bad thing is excusable that like that defense all the time and it's always bullshit like look at all these other people doing the bad thing it's still bad and you still deserve (laughs) to be punished if you get caught for it if other exactly. teams get caught sign stealing like you did, then they'll get punished too, and they would deserve it as well. Like the Red Sox already did. Red Sox already got punished, and the punishment should be more severe than it is. But you know, you know, yeah. and so yeah. Well, it's... And now the issue is um, uh, that they bought up Carlos Beltran was with the Astros at the yes. time so in twenty seventeen. Is... Yeah, which is. Um, and he said he knew nothing about illegal. I think Joel Sherman just had an article saying he he only knew about um, like sign not not sign stealing, but he didn't know about any of the the camera usage. Right. So right now, according to the publicly available information that we have, Carlos Beltran says he did not know about the like illegal part of the sign stealing he did not know the technology was involved he was on we know that he was on the team during this time period and probably benefited from this in some fashion um and there are like anonymous other astros that are cited in this article like either like you know themselves saying stuff or like fire saying guys did xyz thing without naming the guys and so for all we know like one of those guys could be Beltran. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't know that yet. It's not publicly out there what Beltran's role in all of this was. He says he didn't know. Um, and that's how it comes back to the Mets because... Um, yeah, does he get punished for it? But then, see, now this is my thing. Again, like, Gabe Kapler was just hired and baseball doesn't care. Right. But... So, like, to baseball, the more egregious offense is always the integrity of the game, but instead of domestic abuse, which right. is, I don't like, think if it comes, even if it comes out that Beltran had, like, that Beltran did know, I don't think that he's going to get punished because it's not really, like... Yeah, I don't know if it's on the players. It's, not it's on more the players. like systemic. The players, the players aren't the ones that get suspended for these things. It's the organization because it's like an organization sanctioned like if you're setting up freaking cameras the organization knows and they've sanctioned yeah. this so like it's really the front office that should get it, i was gonna say and it's somebody relaying it to you and then you're doing the banging 
So you're getting the information. You're not the one supplying the information. And I'm not trying to to say like Beltran's blameless here, nor am I even saying that he like shouldn't be punished in some fashion if we find out that he like knew about it. I'm just saying that this is how like the current setup, like how the rule works. Like Beltran probably would not see punishment for this. Is that right? Probably not. I like... I don't know, Linda. Like, how interim would you... manager Terry Collins oh, here. Will oh my god, <laughs> that's how this all is gonna end, isn't it? It is. Oh, Jesus <laughs> even when the Mets do something right, they don't even get it right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh man, they hired the manager that like we all kind of wanted. This is so exciting, former Met, and like, of course, well, he then gets... everybody's like, hold up, yeah. Then he you gets caught thought. up in this scandal, gets suspended, and like, then they just have interim manager Terry Collins. <laughs> I feel like this is like the Mets way for this to end. Yep. Sounds about right. Um but yeah, like I don't know, like how would you feel like ethically if you found out that Beltran like knew about this or not even just knew about it, like might have been like actively involved in like setting eh. it up. I know. I feel icky. Yeah, it would <laughs> suck big time. And it, it really would like kind of taint how you view feel him but at the same time like you said it takes a lot of um guts to come out and say something against it and then fires waited until he was no longer with the ashes which right. i get but like while you're in it you're probably not going to say anything and they want a ring so of yeah, course fires like not like anyone taking fires ring from him no so, like, clearly it paid off. So they're going to enjoy their ring and they're not going to say anything because you benefited from it. That's why they're probably not saying anything about Ozuna because they're winning ball games. Winning cures a lot of things. Sure does. Yeah. So, of that's course, right. they're not going to say anything. So I get why he wouldn't, but it's also icky at the same time. Yeah, I would feel kind of gross. I hope it's not. But... And then also now you would have to look, be like, shit, is this what the Mets are going to start doing now? Like, I don't want to be a cheater. I know. Like, <laughs> I want to suck and I have my high horse <laughs> and have my high ground. I know, but like, here's the only thing that I take solace in: that the Mets are too stupid to do a lot of this stuff. Like, that's <laughs> oh, the, they would totally get caught. That's the advantage they would get of like caught right away. of like rooting for a really stupid organization like the Mets. Like, they're too stupid to pull off these like elaborate schemes. Like the Mets. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously, like. Something could come out any day about the Mets. Like, all all organizations, like you said, there are no heroes, there are only villains. Like, all organizations are shitty to a certain extent. Like, the the Mets fired a woman for having a child out of wedlock. Like, th- they've done shitty things, right? But, like, the Mets are, like, I was talking to Jeff Padanostro today about this, a uh, fellow podcaster, and... He, how did he put it to me? The Mets are garden variety shitty, is I think (laughs) the phrase he used. And that's like exactly the most perfect phrase because, so like, yeah, like as far as like shitty organizations go, the Mets are just like regular shitty, whereas the Astros are like extra, extra shitty. (laughs) I was going to say, there's there's like levels. Then you have like the Dodgers who like, you know, human traffic. Yeah. Um, there's the, the Astros just, who just do everything wrong. So the, the Mets, Mets are yeah, the like, Mets are low. Yeah. The Mets are not at, like so far involved in these like huge, huge scandals, but they're just like regular, like smarmy 
like Jeff Wilpon's just kind of gross like he's kind of a creep and like you know but at least they're not like you know one of these teams that's like super involved in human trafficking at least that we know of that we know of (laughs) again like, they did not keep a crimes.xls. Yeah, they did not keep a crimes.xlsx spreadsheet. And I'm like like I said, I'm convinced that if the Mets were doing this high level crimes, like they would also get they they would be caught a long time ago because they're too oh, stupid for sure. to do crimes and get away with them. So, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, that 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 whole thing too with the Giants too, like Zadie hiring Kapler. Yeah, like, so first that's our all, other topic of conversation. Yeah. Speaking of getting away with crimes, mm-hmm. so <laughs> both former, of them. Former Phillies manager Gabe Kapler, who shouldn't have had a job managing in the first place, but he had a job managing with the Phillies, was fired from that job and now has shopping awful job. at it. And he was yeah, and he was also bad at his job. Like he wasn't fired because he's because he's a gross human. He was fired because he was bad at his job. So not only is he gross, he's also bad at his job, and he still got hired again. So he got hired by Zadie, his buddy, that they knew each other back when they were in the in the Dodgers organization together, and Zadie's now head of the Giants organization. Um, and so Gabe Kapler was hired by him, and while they were together in Los Angeles, they covered up a sexual assault. In case people don't know about this, you should look it up and read about it. There's an excellent, I think it was Sports Illustrated. I think it's Sports Illustrated. There's an excellent Sports Illustrated article where, like, you know, Nick Francona is heavily quoted. He, like, goes through the entire thing. It's not good, folks. Not good. Very bad. Basically, they're minor league players sexually assaulted a minor. Mm Mm-hmm. And they didn't go to the police. And because it involves top prospects, it got covered up. Got covered up. They didn't go to the police. They tried to basically like, you know. Did they try to pay her off? I yes, feel they like tried I'm, to pay yeah. her off. It's in the it's in the police report. They tried to pay her off. <sighs> and I'm only saying that out loud because Nick Francona tweeted it. So it is out there in the public sphere for yeah. you to look up. Here's here's Nick Francona's tweet verbatim. He, he wrote a whole thread of tweets that... We retweeted from our account, and I highly recommend you read his whole thread of tweets, but this is just the first of them. The victim, a minor, told police a team official offered hush money to not report the incident. Did she just make that up? <laughs> like, and, and, they provided, and they provided a lawyer for the player, which isn't normal. Like, why do you think that this player needs a lawyer? Yeah. Yeah, clearly something happened there. Yep. Um, so yeah, this was a victim who was a minor at the time of the incident. She was 17, I believe, at the time of the incident, and is now, like, 21, 22, however old she is now. Um, and yeah, it's bad. And Gabe Kapler still has a job in baseball, despite being a party to covering that up. And so is 80. Yep. It's it's gross. It's very gross. It's not cool. It's pretty terrible, actually. So he hired his buddy who's been tied to, you know, awful things, and who wasn't even a good manager. Why is Gabe Kessler worth it? Like, I don't understand. Why are you putting your your reputation and your neck on the line for literally Gabe Kessler? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, that's what... He's not a good manager. That's what it comes down to. He's not a good manager. Oh, and I guess we should bring up the stupid John Heyman tweet, too. God, that made me so mad. Oh, that pissed me off. So, like... (laughs) 
So John Heyman basically tweeted like, People like to focus on, like, Gabe Kapler's weirdness with the coconut oil, etc. But he really got fired because he was bad at his job. And it's like, and people like Julie DeCaro in the replies was like, no, John, like, we're not focusing on the coke. We're not like, have a problem with Gabe Kapler because of coconut oil, etc. Like, we have a problem with Gabe Kapler because he covered up a sexual assault. And John Heyman replied, it's a tweet. It's a tweet. And like, what does that even mean? Why is the response always to just immediately gaslight? Mm-hmm. It's not that big of a deal. Calm down. It's just a tweet. You knew what you were tweeting. Yeah. Is covering up a sexual assault, et cetera? Et cetera. Like, like is that what the et cetera means? Right. Like, <laughs> you, know, you knew full well when you made the tweet that people aren't freaking out about Gabe Kapler because of coconut oil. Yeah, come on. Like, uh, like, yes, people like to make fun of him about that because it's dumb and hilarious. But that's not the reason people are mad that he has a job. No, no. Yeah, you know full well what you were doing and like what you being, were doing. Being extremely into, like, sunbathing your balls and, like, nootropics <laughs> to make your brain huge is, like, not technically disqualifying to be a major league manager. <laughs> but covering up a sexual assault should be. Like, yeah. God, Jesus. Ugh, Wait, oh, then this was my response to Heyman. So tweets aren't the place to talk about violence against women, but it's okay for coconut oil? That's the <laughs> argument? <laughs> this is the argument here? Oh, my God. <laughs> Gabe Kapler is just shitty. Like, there's... Th- now, this... I think I saw... Let me find... I have to find the tweet because I don't want to misrepresent it. And I know that this is more, like, um, fuzzy than the, like, sexual assault stuff. Like, that stuff is true. This is, like, a weird thing that doesn't have, like, sufficient evidence yet. But there's, like, it's kind of like there's smoke. We don't know if there's fire. Where mm-hmm. is it? Oh, who was it? Was it Kapler who said he called his mom? Oh, I don't know about About the that. incident? Yes, let me see if I can find it. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, because he was like, I talked to her to see how I should handle it in the future or something. I was like, really? <sighs> I have to I have to find oh, it. Oh, wait, it's here the- it is. Okay. So, there's, so Gabe Kapler's foundation that he actually has, which is, which is called the Gabe Kapler Foundation subheading, Ending the Cycle of Domestic Violence. Okay. So, what? Okay, it, no, like, it's, like, that is real. Like, that's, like, the foundation is real. Okay. Um, but the somebody posted screenshots of things from the foundation website. Oh, no. It's not great. So it refers to women, women and children as feeble and says that children oh. are the best enforcement against domestic violence. Huh? Yep. The aim of this foundation is to connect Men's Resource Center's vision, which is to help men purge domestic violence that happens in, in society. Men should be aware that they should not be the cause of violence torturing feeble women and children. Oh, wait, what? exact quote from the foundation website. Now, this is just a screenshot that someone posted. Who it, The website kind of looks pretty janky, and, like, who knows if it's actually, like, r- real. 
Oh, God. Children are given proper education to fight against bad and influential people who could be the reason for their downfall. Children, too, should be a part of the enforcement against domestic violence. Like, basically using children as pawns. Yeah, like, they should just be kids. They shouldn't be worrying about domestic violence. Like, what is all of this? This can't be real. I know. Like, this is just too ridiculous. It might be a... Like... It might be a parody that someone is like, pu- like putting out there as like they got fooled by it and think it's real. Yeah, I wonder if we could like game Kapler Foundation. Oh, but I found his mom quote. Oh, good. Kapler says he should have called his mom for advice on how to handle the situation with the Dodgers. I was naive. I was in over my skis. And trying to do things on my own when it was very clear that I needed counsel. If you need to call your mom to deal with how to deal with yeah, right? a, a woman who's been sexually assaulted, um, I think that's being an asshole and that you're not in over your skis. Yeah. Someone, like, you someone... have a real moral compass at that point. <laughs> so and your mom probably would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? Call the police. So interestingly, in the replies to that tweet with the screenshots of the website, someone, like, I guess looked up, like, the Gabe Kapler Foundation, like, with the IRS to see if they are, like, actually, like, a charity. This organization has not appeared in the IRS business master file in a number of months. It may have been merged with another organization or ceased operations. This organization's exempt status was automatically revoked by the IRS. For failure to file a for like all of necessary documentation, I'm not going to read it all for three consecutive years. Further investigation and due diligence are warranted. The organization is not registered with the IRS, so like it's some like weird debunked charity that's like associated with Gabe Kapler that has this weird creepy website. Ugh. So well, who knows what that it's is? It's no longer a charity because right. it doesn't seem to be doing much for him. So who knows what that is? And again, like. This is not me throwing accusations out because this is not, like, verified information. This is just me relaying things I have seen. Um, but, yeah, the the main point, the more important point, is that Gabe Kapler helped cover up a sexual assault. That is, And fact. still has a job. And still has a job in baseball. So that's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those are the things. Yep. Uh, that uh, we thought it would be a quiet off season. Again, we keep saying, like, we'll record every other week. And not even to mention the stuff that came out with Meredith today. Exactly. With so the baseball. We will talk about that. So, yes. spoiler alert for future pods. Get excited. We're going to have Meredith back on the pod to talk about her article that she just put up on The Athletic today about the postseason baseballs. Go read it. Go check it out because it's something else. It is something else. It's a ride. <laughs> it's a ride. So go check it out. We're going to talk all about the baseball and everything Major League Baseball is or is not involved in, in with manipulating the baseball and all of that um, with Meredith um, right around Thanksgiving. So in a couple of weeks, the next pod that will be in your feeds from us will be that pod. So get excited about that. Um, in the meantime, we will take one more break. And then when we get back, we will do walk-off wins like we do every week. So stay tuned for that.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back. Um, so we're going to close out the show, like we always do, with walk-off wins, where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. I think both of us have baseball-related things to be happy about this week. But, mm-hmm. um, Linda, what is your walk-off win for this week? Well, obviously, my walk-off win is Pete and Jake. Hell <laughs> yeah. I'm still just so happy. I'm not going to let anything, like, I know Yankee fans are like, oh, the balls were juiced. Pete's record means nothing, blah, 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 blah. No, I'm owning this. I'm going to be happy. Um, I'm not going to let anybody take away either one of their accomplishments. Um, or like, haha, what did it get them? They still suck, blah, blah, blah. No, like, they were fun to watch. They were a reason to tune in. They were a reason to be excited. They make me happy to be a fan and, like, proud. Like, yeah, that guy, that guy's on my team. Like, um, it just blows me away that we have people that are worth celebrating. Yeah. And that the rest of baseball, like, kind of takes notice of. And that just that makes me proud to be a fan. Like, I'm... I'm proud to wear their jerseys. As soon as I saw they made Pete Alonso jerseys in women's sizes, I immediately bought one. Yeah, um, right. I was like, who knows when I'm going to find that again. I need that. So I am the proud owner of a Jacob DeGrom and a Pete Alonso jersey. And I proudly rock them. And I'm just happy they're Mets and happy they're Mets for the foreseeable future. And... I don't know if anything, like, I know we said this about Jake, like, how do you replicate it? And he did. Yep, and from April on, he had the same season, basically. Yeah, he was the same exact pitcher, and it's just, we're so spoiled by him. Like, I think after yeah. April, he had, like, a 2.07 ERA or something. Yeah, it and was, then in the second half, he yeah, gave it was up, something like, ridiculous. 15 runs in 14 starts. Yes! that was, And he ended the year on 23 straight scoreless innings. Yep. Which is what I think is what won him the award is, yeah, you know, in September. Yeah. And the other two didn't. And also the injuries, too. The, the, their innings pitch just was nowhere close to where he was. And um, yeah, just you look up at the end of the year and you see these stats. It's like, oh, my God, he's actually really good because you just kind of take him for granted. Freaking we're just so spoiled. Yeah, we're just so spoiled. Like when he gives up three runs, it's like, ew, Jake yeah, had a like, bad ugh. start today. But then when Matt gives up three runs, you're like, hey, way to go, Matt. Cool. Look at you, Steven. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, pretty special. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to be able to tell my kids I saw Pete and Jake in 2019. And, both have historical now. Well, I guess you could say Jake's was kind of historic because he won back to back, and nobody Mets history has done that. So, yeah. thank you, Pete and Jake, for bringing me happiness when the rest of baseball is bringing me down. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, I suppose I'll do since obviously I've it's boring if we do the same walk off win and there are only two of us. Uh, just know that I share <laughs> Linda's walk off win too, but um, uh. 
something that made me happy uh, since we last recorded is um, over this past weekend, um, I, first of all, I had a three-day weekend, which was nice. I got Veterans Day off because I am a, um, a, a, a state employee, a government employee of the state of New Jersey, so I get all the, like, federal holidays off, which is nice. Um, so it was a three-day weekend. Um, I went down to Delaware to celebrate my best friend's birthday, and we went axe-throwing. So oh, that was really fun. I had never been axe throwing before. Apparently, it's like a new thing. It's kind of trendy right now. Like people are doing it. Um, like the like axe throwing places are kind of popping up like all over the place. Um, it's kind of like escape rooms. Actually, they're just like popping up all over the place now. Um, like as like a fun group activity to do. So yeah, it was it was really really fun. Like they teach you like three different ways to throw it, and then you have like kind of a like, and then you just like do free throw for a while, and then you kind of are have, they like, heavy? No not that okay. heavy i'm trying to like it's kind of like if you were holding a baseball bat in your hand basically oh all like right. but obviously like smaller <laughs> um <laughs> they're not like they weren't like giant axes that like like lumberjacks would use to chop a bunch of wood <laughs> they were like the tiny ones the like um but yeah so then you do like a mini tournament at the end and you see who can score the most points because obviously there's like a target so like if you hit it right in the middle it's five and then the outer ring is three and then the most outer ring is two um so yeah that was really fun I had a really good time I actually like obviously like the majority of the time I was not successful but I had like two like really good throws where I was like yeah and I like (laughs) the axe went right in the target and it just like stuck in the wood and I was like yeah because like the challenging thing about axe throwing is like like I could throw it like fine in the vicinity of the target but like if you don't get the spin right obviously the blade doesn't hit at the right time it doesn't stick in the wood so either it'll hit like 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 flesh on its side and so it'll just like bang off the target and fall down or like the handle will hit it and it'll bang off the target and fall down so you kind of have to get the spin right in addition to so that's a challenge of it yeah so it's, it's not easy like i don't know like it definitely takes skill um yeah so, but it was really fun. We like we did axe throwing, and then we went to a brewery after, and we just hung out and celebrated my best friend's birthday, and it was just a really good time. It was nice. So yeah, it's always good to get away for a weekend, even if it's you know just uh, somewhere quick. Yep, yep. So that was nice. So that's my walk off one for this week. Um, so yeah, that does it for the pod uh, for this week. Kind of a short ish one, although we said it was going to be a short one, and it's an hour. So you know, <laughs> as we tend to do. Um, we got distracted got distracted um but yeah um stay tuned um shortly before thanksgiving in a couple weeks um we're gonna have that interview with meredith that's gonna be a huge bombshell i can't wait for that i'm so pumped for it so um hope you guys are too so stay tuned in your feeds for that um in the meantime um amazing avenue is continuing to do our season review series we're wrapping up we're kind of doing the last few um dregs of the bullpen i still have my brad brock one to write which i'm excited to write because Birdland. um Um, I put up my um, my uh, meters for the whole season. I do my weekly performance meters throughout the season, and I did my like whole season in review meters this week. So you can read those. Uh, you can read all of our season review series. We're going to start free agent profiles pretty soon. We're doing our off-season plan contest right now. Exciting. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously entries are closed, unfortunately, so you can't still submit entries. But we're in the process of judging the off-season plan contest um, and ho- handing out our prize.
prizes for that. We're going to have staff off-season plans from a few of the writers, um, so you can read those where where some of us try to um, build the Mets uh, team in the off-season with the challenge of staying under a certain budget because we got to make the thing realistic, and that's going to be a challenge. Uh, <laughs> almost as, as challenging as the challenge Brody Van Wagenen has. Um, <laughs> you too can be Brody Van Wagenen. You too can be Brody Van Wagenen on AmazingAvenue.com. So you can check all of that out along with all of our other fantastic content. Um, and yeah, so check out Amazing Avenue on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. Uh, you can follow this show on Twitter at A Pod of Their Own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servage. And you can follow Maggie at Maggie162. Uh, so follow the show on Twitter. Follow all of us on Twitter. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review the show. It really helps people find us. Um, the The intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting, except when Jacob DeGrom wins the Cy Young Award and podcast. 